0: It's time enough podcast where we get into episodes of the Twilight Zone and beyond and beyond and beyond and beyond. Here's the echo, some echo. That's real echo, though. I just said it several times. Hi, it's Matt here in his car. It's Andrew. That's right.
1: Now, my first name is Andrew. My first name is not in his
0: car, you Andrew. know, but Andrew I Andrew is but your surname. I,
1: Right, right, but I
0: am currently in a car. Should be on a train. That would make more sense for this one.
1: Oh, absolutely! Oh my gosh! Yeah. What? Oh God! Is... If that if that guy had to deal with Atlanta traffic,
0: <laughs> he'd go falling down. Right.
1: He would. He would go full. Yes, full. Uh, I don't know. Falling down doesn't play the way it used to.
0: <laughs> no, it doesn't. I haven't seen it since nineteen ninety three. But I mean, the, the, I mean, that's like kind of like a. St- isn't that like pop culture shorthand now just for going, you know, we don't say going postal anymore. Right. So because Uwe Boll yeah. made a movie. But uh.
1: oh, that's right. That's right. Well, we can't say going postal because no one. That's not a reference point anymore.
0: No. So I thought falling down would be the reference point now. Um, I guess today's episode, The Mind and the Matter, though, we, we do have like a um, dramatic cousin to whatever Michael Douglas was in that movie. I mean, this guy like equally sucks.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, let me start off and do a bit of the trivia for this one. There's not too much on this. So, the original air date was May 12th, 1961. The script is by Rod Serling, and Twilight Zone regular Buzz Kulick is back in the director's chair. Archibald Beechcroft was played by Sheldon Leonard Berman. He was a comedian who won the first. Gr- the first Grammy given for a spoken uh, comedy recording in 1959. He'd much later be nominated for an Emmy playing Larry David's father on Curb Your Enthusiasm. And he'd appear in films such as Beware the Blob and Teen Witch in the interim. I think he had classier credits. Those are just the ones that stuck out to me. So, (laughs) well,
1: I've seen both of those. So that's all you need to know.
0: How, how is Beware of the Blob? That's 72. That's in a weird space for the Blob. Yeah, not good. Okay. <laughs> Jack Greenwich played Henry. He chased James Dean and Rebel Without a Cause and hung out with Elvis and King Creole. In the mid-70s, he had a supporting role on Call Track the Night Stalker. You can't leave out the Call Track trivia, can you? No. They remade that, too, didn't they? That's an interesting one to remake.
1: Yeah, they did. I mean, but you know, I think uh, most people, if they're gonna watch Darren McGavin in anything, they're gonna think, um, they're gonna think about uh, Christmas Story, right?
0: Sure, sure. I just, I just like screaming. You know, call track. It's fun. The <laughs> night stalker. Get, <laughs> get out the way. Coachies.
1: Oh, we're gonna get to do some rodage here.
0: Yeah, give me some rod. <laughs> Yeah, we'll need a
1: little context for that for this podcast. Not uh, I really. am not sharing vi- I'm not sharing video.
0: Oh, you're not? That means I have to do the the rod for once. No, I
1: can it. no I can I can see it. I'm just saying like I won't be giving any rod to your video watchers.
0: Oh, right, right, sure. Okay. They can do that on a different one. So
1: Yeah, right. All right. So whenever I do the rod throwing, I always have to dry off my teeth. Because as we know Poor Rod Serling, as talented and visionary as he was, he had no upper lip. <clears throat> so here we go. Uh, uh, can I just start? Yeah. Okay. Edit point.
0: <laughs> Maybe.
1: <laughs> a brief, if frenetic introduction to Mr. Archibald Beechcroft, a child of the 20th century, product of the population explosion and one of the inheritors of the legacy of progress. Mr. Beachtroff again, this time act two of his daily battle for survival. In just a moment, a hero will begin his personal one-man rebellion against the mechanics of his age, and to do so, he will enlist certain aids available only in the dry
0: So they're putting him in the population explosion. That doesn't seem quite right.
1: Uh, isn't you know, yeah. is that,
0: is that a boomer thing it's like post war yeah
1: yeah
0: i'm just thinking maybe like 1960 61 is like a weird vantage point to say that because i guess maybe folks weren't like fully aware of the uh the real population explosion yet
1: not just that but he wouldn't be part, he wouldn't be part of it he would be reacting to it if anything by 61
0: yeah, he'd be screaming at those damn hippies in a few years for sure. I mean that's oh, no, not absolutely. even for de- you can't debate me on that.
1: <laughs> no, no. I mean, if he can't just stand a few people close to him, he's yeah, no, he would be uh what was it um Peter Boyle, that movie Joe? He'd go he'd be like Joe.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Just um just have Joe take out all the hippies. That's right. I that wonder yeah. um I did this one definitely made me think about like modern casting. I'm wondering if mm-hmm. you had any thoughts um about who would be in these roles nowadays.
1: I mean you could put Larry David as this guy.
0: Oh he's a little too old, isn't he? Uh
1: for uh, for Archibald?
0: Yeah, for Archibald. Mm. I feel like Larry David's in mummy mode at this point, so.
1: Oh, you think so? Um who's I mean, alive?
0: He, I F. would F. think Larry a- Abraham. I was thinking uh, Fred Armisen would be a good one for Beechcroft. I still Armisen. kind of felt like he had some of that energy to him. I I've know.
1: lost... Yeah, no, no, you're right. He you know, definitely has the
0: nose for it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what I was seeing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe a bit of his mouth, too. Fred Armisen definitely looks like him.
0: Um, He could play equally swarmy, I think.
1: Yeah, it's just got to be somebody who's... Yeah, who's not like playing him ironically you know or reading ironically yeah rather... you to
0: play him intensely you know yeah yeah so. <laughs> my, my other thought just while i'm spitballing that i i thought now this does break the aging a little bit but a, a slightly younger rain wilson could be henry
1: yeah yeah that'd be perfect wouldn't it
0: throw that obsessiveness out that'd be like you have to read this book you know that'd be yeah. cool so um of course uh, i just saw weird where he he shines as dr demento so yeah that was fun but yeah getting a little over oh,
1: yeah oh god he was per- who else to play dr demento you know what i mean like <laughs> if they couldn't have got him what would they have done you know
0: for sure um so this whole episode is kind of based around like this book right the mind and the yes. matter um have you read books along these lines
1: um I mean, I've read stuff about like anxiety and I've read some like the, um, you know, some Alan Watts and things like that, but it's more about, it's not, it's less about, um, having control over the world around you. Uh, it's more so of getting in control of yourself, you know?
0: Well, so uh, what if someone like it, Alan Watts would argue it's the same thing anyway, but, uh, sorry, go ahead.
1: Eh, okay. <laughs> but you know, what is this podcast about? I mean, I, I, uh, I I think that um, if I were a guy like that, I would be like, I would not assume there's something wrong with everyone else. I would assume there's something wrong with me. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously it can't be everyone. So what's the X factor here? Like, let's, let's start with me and change my attitude. But uh, he goes, yeah, he goes the opposite route.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's kind of a, mid 20th century strain of this book uh, cuz if you go before that these thoughts would be in like kind of maybe dense language so, you know it's it's kind of hard to go back and read some of that uh uh was it not theocracies uh, um not the lame either but anyway late you know late 19th century mysticism is a little dense it's a little hard to read and if you want to go earlier in that it's impossible to read so we get this like um you know Dale Carnegie sort of thing in in the mid mm-hmm. 20th century i feel like this is kind of where this one's hitting like it's not really addressing your anxiety it's um trying to give you a tool to you know go be an alpha male or something
1: yeah oh yeah no it's it's gross and it's funny like watching this now i think it plays the best it's played in probably 20 years
0: <laughs> i mean you i know? guess i mean if we're... would this guy be an incel now i guess he would be oh yeah (laughs) yeah although this guy is more humorous we have a comedy a comedian playing him and uh, you know it's fun to watch and I feel like you that's why we don't see media about that sort of thing it gets too depressing too intense and uh, it can get like into really weird territory really quickly
1: (laughs) oh no and plus you know forget reading a book and, and just wanting to manipulate the world that guy would just be murdering people you know like instead of you know he motions and doors open and things like that. Instead, he would just like motion and you know women's heads would explode if they didn't like his catcalls.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, so I guess nineteen sixty one is like the best vantage point to watch this sort of guy reading you know Dale Carnegie knockoffs and not. He wants to wipe people from existence, and then he wants to John Malkovich them. But I, I yeah. guess he doesn't want them around for the most part. <laughs>
1: no, that's true, and and you can see why where,
0: uh, Serling came, came up with that.
1: You know, every every person who needs, who want, you know, writers need solitude. Uh, that's kind of one of the things about it. Is um, you know, you you really, it's ideally you could be writing in a kind of a vacuum where there's no distractions at all, and so. I, without having read up on the inspirations for it, I would just say, yeah, Rod Serling was like trying to just get some peace and quiet to do his job, and he probably had a fleeting thought of, you know, if everybody just vanished until I was done writing this, you know what I mean?
0: Well, that goes back to the whole time enough at last as well. He just wants time to read, and uh, it takes a nuclear apocalypse, and and then he breaks his glasses. Of course, is is the uh, you know horrible twist, um, True, which I like.
1: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Well, I guess uh, like, he's a lovable dork where, you know, uh, this guy is like an absolute prick. Well, he's a prick, but he's I mean, he, before that, he just seems to be like internalizing and just like grumbling at everyone. So,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, it's that's a perfect comparison. And that was the first thing I thought of when I started watching. This was time enough at last. And I was thinking like, OK, if dude hadn't have broken his glasses, though, that guy probably would have been fine. He wouldn't have gotten bored like this guy does, you know, uh, talking to himself and then, you know, seeing himself and all that stuff. I don't think I think he would have been <laughs> I think he would have been content if he hadn't broke his glasses.
0: Why is he staying at work anyway? If no one's around anymore.
1: Well, I mean, he's it's it's kind of like for a, for a a well it's for a visual reference it would have been funny if he just <laughs> went down to the port of the theater sat down and like you know <laughs> this is what I want to do and he rolls the projector of the stag films all day long and Just you know wipes himself completely out until sawdust is coming out his wiener but no I think that um, I, I think that you know for, for the show to work to illustrate what's going on you've got to then take him through his paces that he went through in the beginning so there's a contrast right nobody's there nobody's there nobody's there and all the places where it's usually packed. Right. And so, you know, at first he's, he's digging it, but, uh, that, that wears off rather quickly.
0: Some of this is my reality now. Um, on Tuesdays I go to work. It's, it's, they, they opened the the school near me finally. And, um, basically I I get two hours of this, like a week before someone else shows up. So, wow. (laughs) What do you do
1: during those times?
0: I mean, the only thing I have to do is just, you know, clean, and that doesn't take insanely long. So, um, yeah. But the, I guess I am kind of like, oh, I'm sitting at the office. I'm, you know, looking to, you know, looking at the schedule, that sort of thing for a little bit. But yeah. So, yeah, I don't go running off. So I guess I, I understand while he, why he's hanging around a little bit, especially the first day, you know, maybe give it a week. He'll definitely be down at the, uh, the, the right side of the Buford Highway Twin Cinema but <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh I was looking for that the last time I was in Duraville. I was in Doraville three weeks ago maybe and I was uh, I, you know for the listeners benefit um, that was a the theater that uh, was in operation when Matt and I were children uh, I emphasize that because <laughs> the left side was, was first or probably second run movies second uh, run. and then yeah, and then the, the right side, yeah, was how they kept the lights on, which was their adult films. And later it then became adult films left and right. It was right by a strip club and a liquor store. I mean, it was just prime location for that.
0: Party central. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, if, if there's suddenly no one around, imagine he'd first, maybe he'd find his way over to the, the toy shop, as it was for some adult novelties.
0: See, um, then, sorry, I, I imagine going to the strip club and there's nobody there <laughs> by himself. Yeah, he's just yeah. hanging out the strip club by himself. There's nobody there.
1: Throwing money at the <laughs> pole.
0: <laughs> that that would be in the mo- that, that's yeah uh, that if they redid this one they'd have to have that and that scene in except it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's the extended cut of this episode. No, I mean I I think you're I mean. Uh, I think it's a good point of discussion, especially when we're talking about season two of Twilight Zone. Um, You know, this is, you know, time enough at last, you could speculate on what would have happened, like we said, if the glasses didn't break. Um, But here, it's pretty clear, like as time goes on, um, what, and, and, and it is perfect Twilight Zone about, you know, here's what you think you're going to get. And then here's what actually happens. It actually sucks to have this power or ability or item or, you know what I mean? Whatever it is.
0: Mm -hmm. How long do you think you could have, when he decides to get people and have them all be himself, um, uh, what, what, how long could you deal with that? It's like living in Apex (laughs) twins window liquor a little bit, I guess.
1: Right. (laughs) That's funny. I get that reference. No. And, um, (laughs) and uh, i was looking immediately at all the masks you know the rubber masks that everyone had on to cause it's fairly obvious how they're like pulling this off
0: That must be um, i right. got the window looker vibe
1: <laughs> yeah 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 no it was not like you know they the special effects are always kind of limited but it's it's no it's no less freaky you know the idea that all these people are but uh how long could i deal with a world of andrews yeah um I, I mean, I could deal with having a couple of me, you know, multiplicity style, as long as, you know, the copies weren't completely Derpy. dull. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, no, I wouldn't want that at all. I mean, I'm not comfortable around a lot of white people unless it's, you know, a family function.
0: What, you're, you're comfortable no, with family functions?
1: <laughs> uh, you know
0: what? <laughs> I
1: take that back. I'm not comfortable there either. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, once <laughs> once we started seeing um, him in drag and and lots of different guises, uh, actually, that's mm-hmm. that's that's when I my recast changed a little bit. That's when I started thinking of uh kids in the hall Scott Thompson in the role instead. That that would be a good one. He'd hit it out the park. <sighs> yeah, Thompson.
1: <laughs> yeah, just because they were so great at that, you know, uh, and
0: they actually, already kind of had yeah, that in
1: that, their toolkit.
0: It did that. Little ending part did have like kind of a you know kids in the hall vibe, you know, obviously 30 it, years before that show, but
1: right, but I didn't even think of that, and that's so perfect. Absolutely. So they would tend to tie up things in that way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um okay, I got I got two other big observations. Well, one's one small and stupid, and one's a little more deep. Um, I'll give you the stupid one first were you like rocking out with the dynamat that was amazing who do we get dynamats anymore like that
1: oh god
0: you know those, i had to think of those sorry what century those mid-century fonts and stuff on the signs it was fantastic
1: oh god i was you know that was like for me like a uh, uh like that was that was a, just like a nerdy tangent for me
0: yeah i mean i was you know recently looking up like you know extinct fast food places and mm-hmm. uh, stores and then it's kind of in that same line of thinking and you know of course japan yeah. we have lots of wild vending machines um yeah unfortunately from the the gyoza machine uh you're buying frozen gyoza so you couldn't just like eat it at the machine you'd have to like take it somewhere and uh,
1: it a little bit yeah i'd be afraid though if it was yeah i don't know how much i'd trust it if it came
0: out warming enough. You know? <laughs> Well, uh, well, yeah yeah okay that'd be well it cooks in the machine actually uh, at some, maybe some arcades or bowling alleys I have seen some machines in Japan that like kind of cook the food a little bit so
1: if it's pre-cooked and then it just heats it up that's cool you know something that, like that's that. like a yeah that's more like like the hot dog at the gas station
0: because I thought I'd much
1: rather have the gyoza
0: <laughs> yeah because we went to a ramen shop and then I was like oh do we get the tickets here no this this sells ramen outside of the ramen shop but it's frozen, I'm like, oh, okay. I guess it's not competition then. No. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is
1: for when you want ramen at a different time.
0: Um, and also the the deeper one I guess we should consider. Well, I guess he didn't because he brought him back, but did Beechcroft technically commit total genocide or what?
1: I mean, why not just say that? Yeah. You know? Um, because do there need to be bodies around for genocide to have occurred? You know, I mean, it's not like he hops on the train and it's just piled up with bodies like, you know, there's been a, a zombie plague or something. It's just everyone vanishes.
0: Is it everyone who's driving that train?
1: You know, that was what I wondered. <laughs> I was like, okay, so he's on the train. Things seem to go the way he wants them to, though. Um, you know, because the he doesn't have to put his hands on anything so it's possible that because he wants the train to be moving it's moving
0: right okay yeah because he seems that he opens the office doors with his mind as well so mm-hmm. he's, exactly he's got, yeah so his his mind powers extend to telekinesis so we got that going mm-hmm. he's not going to entertain himself with that for a while before he gets bored come on you know move some things around the office just for fun beer pong beer pong's diversion you can play beer pong with himself. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: true. I mean, oh. I guess if we really wanted to think about it, my mind's gonna go to the you know, the, the most deviant worst place automatically.
0: So uh <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. He'd I'd be playing some plastic man with my genitals.
0: Mm, okay. Plastic man is a game? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember uh,
1: the, the the character of Plastic Man? I'd oh, be like, yeah, hey, I yeah, wonder yeah. I wonder if I could turn this doorknob from sitting in my chair.
0: Dude, you just—you just, you just you, don't you remember the clone character that has a much better name for for what you're getting at. There was also oh. uh, Ralph Dingby, the elongated man.
1: The elongated man—that's true. Wow, yeah. so perfectly named. That was exactly what I thought of the first time I heard that too.
0: <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. Something that. Oh. Uh, here, here's one thing where I do sympathize. Um, when I have lots of time, I can't get anything done. But when I have like one hour, I'll you know get like four things done, right? So, oh
1: sure, yeah. Well, your you um your your kind of energy comes from the the pressure. You know, uh, I am mostly a remote worker unless I'm out you know covering something in the field or meeting someone in person for an interview. Um, I'm a writer, and so. Yeah, a lot of times, especially during the school year, where I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm alone at the house, and so, uh, my deadlines, I have deadlines, but you know, it's it's bad that uh, if, if I'm there to kind of police myself, I don't put any pressure on myself at all, and then I end up cranking stuff out like in an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, just uh, somehow condensing your time like that seems to sometimes work very nicely.
1: Yeah, no, I my best I'm at my best if I just get get up very early and you know, knock it out. That's the best I can do.
0: I don't think I talk to myself much though. I mean we need him talking to himself a little bit, I guess, or it's not and well the invaders work without her talking to herself, but No, that's you know. true. <laughs> no, that's
1: a good example too. No, um I I think that him talking to himself kind of shows that sort of narcissism that this whole thing was born from you know because mm. like you know what makes you think you should be the only person in the world you know
0: right right so he has to have a conversation with himself about it um, absolutely like who
1: would he who would he choose to talk to if he had to talk to someone himself right. everyone else sucks
0: i guess as far as the the shots that stick in your head especially ones with effects um the simple effect of cutting away, cutting back, and nobody being there is very effective and isn't even a special effect, right? Um, True. They don't do the mirror thing so well, though, I would say. I mean, the Marx Brothers, Charlie Chaplin, they already did the mirror thing, like, pretty perfectly, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, they, it didn't
1: look crappy, though. I mean, it, they pulled it off. You
0: know? They pulled it off. Well, it's, I think it's because I've seen Duck Soup so many times. I'm just like, right, yeah, they're, right. you're not nailing it like they did in Duck Soup. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. No, by the time it happened, you were pretty much oh right.
0: So anyway, that that it. it I mean, it, it's one of those things where I'm like kind of like happy and being let down by the shot. You know, like it's not like oh, yeah. it's ruining. It's just like ah, oh, look at that. Didn't quite work. Too bad. <laughs> no, uh, when his
1: when his other self would sort of appear in things, though, I thought it looked pretty seamless. There was one where he was sort of on a a, a black screen, sort of. um I don't think it was a monitor. I can't remember. It was a chalkboard maybe or something like that. Or a, uh, maybe it had the stocks or some kind of thing. Yeah, on yeah, yeah. black. Um, when he appears in that, I thought it looked pretty great. And I was looking for like edges and stuff because now, you know, we're in high definition. And so, uh, you know, some of these things tell on themselves, unfortunately. But uh, I thought that one looked pretty
0: good. Oh, yeah, a few of them were good. I just, yeah, when it was clearly like, they're shooting the back of an extra's head and doing the mirror. Oh, sure. It's like they could have got Yeah, they, that's Evil dead. good enough. <laughs> Evil dead two style. Yeah. Right. Um, those are, those are all my like random observations. Did you have any others you wanted to throw on this?
1: Um, You know, I think we, I, the thing I wanted to kind of, of sort of talk about was the fact that, you know, the telekinesis was so low key, you know, uh, it wasn't like they really telegraphed that at all it just was a thing like okay not only is everyone gone but he also has like this other stuff too so i think like as time went on would he, what would he it seemed like the longer this thing went on the more powerful he kind of got
0: yeah, it'd be like you know? that. Uh, that first Star Trek episode with Kirk, where his uh, his lieutenant buddy is becoming omnipotent, and has silverly, silvery eyes. I should know the yeah. dude's name, but oh, Gary Lockwood's the actor. I can't remember the character's name off the top of my head. Which I think whoa, that I was that was great. That was great. It was it was total in 2001. Recall, two thousand one, Come on. not Total Recall. Yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that was that was kind of the only thing. I, I, I love the Twilight Zones when not everything is explained. You know, my, and that's really my favorite thing of any kind of narrative fiction is when you just kind of, it just, it's happening and you can like observe it, but some people will go like, okay, that's writing. Cause you didn't explain it. Uh, whereas I think, I think it's when you do explain it, you know, uh, I didn't show him like, I wonder what else I can do with my powers. Let me get the book. You know what I mean?
0: Well, you know, Twilight Zone, of course, is an anthology show. None of the episodes inform other ones. But for this podcast, we are watching them sequentially. And just yeah. a few weeks ago, we did get the Prime Mover where they explain the telekinesis. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, if, if someone was watching last week's and then they watch this one, you know, they're like, OK, we just saw the Prime Mover, right? They're yeah, in it's order. Just
0: like, just like, sure, why not? You know,
1: why not? We just saw that that guy do it. So, you know, let's get let's get on with it here. So I like I like that when they sort of they let the audience, you can tell the writers has faith in the audience's uh, intelligence.
0: Right. Let's uh, do a few questions and, and see how our intelligence goes with this episode. Uh, <laughs> who in this episode enters the Twilight Zone?
1: Oh, man. See, I think I think your idea of who enters the Twilight Zone is often kind of different from mine. Because That's when I think of question. somebody, <laughs> right, right, right. But I I think it's because I always, I, I think I pick the obvious choice too much. Because I would say, I would only say this guy because I think he's somewhere separate. I don't think the world, I don't think he's actually affected the world. I think that he's just in a, he's just, you know, kind of jumped a different one.
0: Well, even if he has affected the world, which I guess he hasn't, because like, you know, Twenty thousand planes would have just crashed, even in nineteen sixty. You know, so <laughs>
1: no, exactly. So, like, you could go, okay, everyone else is in the twilight zone, and he's not.
0: Oh, I would say for sure he's in it. Uh, my argument with everyone else would be like, did they notice not existing for a while? Uh, although I, I'm thinking of like your idea, like he actually is in an alternate space by himself and and not in the real world. Is um, right. That that's not how I watch the episode, but it's that's sounds perfectly valid and uh, of course then does he disappear from the real world for a bit so someone just watching him disappear might you know also be influenced <laughs> with the twilight so that's overthinking and I know I'm just yeah no
1: I don't <laughs> think I, I don't think so because uh, you know if if was his last name Beecham
0: yeah, uh, Beechcroft
1: Beechcroft if Beechcroft goes into another dimension does he make a sound
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I guess the only other person that they even like telegraphed in that might notice would be Henry, who doesn't. It, actually, I think Henry's trying to hook up with Beechcroft, but uh,
1: <laughs> I think he is, too. I'm so glad that you said that because that it's that one like that last like look back at him after he gives him the book, you know? He like goes off and, he, you know, he does all the you know, the, his usual uh, uh, you know, he sp- spills something and just, you know, screws up and everything, but then as, as he's as he's kind of walking off after he gives him the book, he's like, yeah, a friend of mine really likes this book, you know. And, uh, you know, it'd be funny if he opened it up and there was just, like, a picture of his dick in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be the Twilight Zone. <laughs> that would be a different right. zone. Do you want a
1: Tijuana the- Bible with an actual piece? <laughs> 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 but, but, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's hilarious <laughs> to me right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, it's that. I'm sorry, it's that last look that he gives them. It's just like a slight little, like you know, is you know, like I don't know. It's a weird knowing kind of, almost like a check. I don't know what it is, but um I watch. I notice that every time I see this one.
0: Yeah. So okay, I, I wasn't just me then, because uh, yeah, I think yeah, like you said, the spilling and all. It's like, oh, oops! I want to talk to you. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. But I want to focus, question two, I guess we'll just focus on Beach because it doesn't make sense to focus it on anyone else, which is, right. does he deserve his trip into the Twilight Zone?
1: Oh, man. Uh, well, which one are we going with? Are we going with he went or everyone else went?
0: Just, to, we're going with him as, the, as our Twilight Zone um, compatriot, I guess. Uh, okay.
1: Well, absolutely, I think. I mean, it's like you get, you, it's a oh gosh you know it's kind of the the justice system of the show you know you have to have you know whoever did the thing has to then lay in the consequences of what they did you know and if you can't stand people and he's just annoyed by everyone and he's so superior then yeah yeah i think so i think he does
0: okay i mean it, it, i would say so just it pretty much of, asked for it it's a fully it, you know? self it's a fully self-instigated trip into the twilight zone. Mm-hmm. i mean you could be Absolutely. like you, know, you could be like henry gave him the book but i mean people have given you books before and you, maybe you read them maybe you didn't if you did read them you bought it or you didn't so you know it's right it's all, he has like eight decisions to make in the end right before de- before endeavoring on his trip so you get what you deserve in that case <laughs> yeah yeah
1: and he gives it back to him like what do you think about it Like,
0: eh. i mean my I my I was asking earlier about like what books have you read along these lines? Cause I, the more modern ones I've read have been like more along like metaphysical lines where, you know, it's like, think about things this way, you know, take a minute and think this way, you know, focus on this, this way, you know, kind of like, I guess, meditational things. Right. So uh, I didn't make yeah. everyone disappear, but you, and, and it doesn't, it's, you know, it's like, you know, make, make your own puzzles and solve them as Dr. Steve rule says. Right. 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 <laughs> uh, you
1: know, which is, by the way,
0: some of the most genius words ever, and from Doctor Steve Frule. So, <laughs>
1: yeah, I can't. I know. I mean, my therapist has recommended a couple things to me that I that I read, but none of it I feel was of like a sort of like motivational variety because that's not really my problem, uh, and so uh, or one of the issues I have. I'm a pretty motivated person, but um, I can't think of anything that would be kind of meditative. Mm -hmm. that I've that I've read Um, because I most of the things I read are books about movies or filmmakers I've
0: stumbled into that (laughs) more and more recently (laughs) okay
1: yeah the ghastly ones the Jim everything Jim McDonough has written uh, really is great because he's one of my favorite biographers but yeah the one about uh, the ghastly the ghastly ones um, and I guess that's about Al Adamson maybe I can't remember who it's about
0: um I seriously that, thought you were about to say Al Lewis. I was. I'm so no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Al
1: Lewis. No, he didn't. He didn't live that kind of a life. But no, I'm trying to remember now because was I've read a few of, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, I've I've read a, a few different ones, and I'm into a few different. You know, like I go through the whole filmmakers. You know, I'm on the Ray Dennis Steckler stuff right now, um, but uh, yeah, that's most of the stuff that I read. So I can't I can't name the last time. I read anything that was like supposed to be it. It's decades ago.
0: Right. Um, let's put this one on the tripometer. meter Uh, I always get to ask the guest first. That's, that's my podcast. So I get to go second. Yay.
1: Right. <laughs> this one rates a little higher for me on the trip meter than, uh, than like maybe even the average twilight zone for me, because, um, you know, it, it's completely becomes completely divorced from reality um, so much so that, you know, like a bunch of copies of him are walking around. I mean, that's weird. <laughs> that's really weird. You know, that's that's a that's entirely different from like you chasing yourself or something like that would be out of a dream. You know, mm. uh, this goes into the realm of like bizarre imagery.
0: Right. You want to stick uh, yeah. Not not I mean you don't have to stick a number. You can stick a sound to it, but uh where, where no no, no. I'll that?
1: I'll take a I'll I'll take a oh boy. Maybe a three and a half.
0: Okay. Okay, so not like insanely high. Okay, just curious because I I'm gonna go I my I was thinking two point five. Um mm. and I think what you're saying is wanting me to keep it a little bit up, you know, with like you said, bizarre imagery. I am starting to wonder if the the more comedy episodes are starting to, um, you know, detract from the trippiness for me. <laughs> well, you you well, watch how... my shadow play, which is just like, wow, my mind just got shattered. And then I watched yeah, this. Yeah. There's plenty of trippy stuff. I'm like, well, it's not really like, it's not blowing my mind, man. Although it's lots of no. fun. It's a good episode, but it's not blowing my mind, man.
1: No. <laughs> and that's why I put it just like a step higher than that, you know? Um, because I think some of the stuff that you see in this one is kind of like, okay, put it this way. If you saw just a frame of all those copies of him, you'd know exactly what episode that
0: was. Yeah, yeah. That's, it, it definitely hits that Twilight Zone thing of like, you can flash an image and everyone gets it.
1: Right, and so I, I think that deserves a couple like notches up higher. Um, but just the oh, fact the- that you and I are even discussing, like a, you know, an alternate universe, I think also warrants that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I, get, I guess this one wouldn't hit the merch uh, buttons, Un- unless you were like selling people the book itself. I, someone might be into that, I guess. But um, <laughs> what I have, I yeah, just,
1: well, it'd be cool to have that on your shelf.
0: I just got a bunch of books yesterday. Um, at work, one of uh, my coworkers was like, "I have all these books. Uh, does anyone want them?" And, um. I wasn't there that day because I'm not the main school. Which, but they're like, give them to Matt. So <laughs> <laughs> I just got this last night. I picked it up, "Feeling the Secret" by Mitch Horowitz uh, about Neville Goddard stuff. So I, it's, it's my coworker literally handed me a book along these lines yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. James. I like it though. When,
1: yeah, I like it when people know you. You know what I mean. Mm. Um, definitely the, when i get left stuff somebody left a, a michael myers halloween action figure on my desk the other day <laughs> i was like wow
0: this, this one too I'm, thanks again James. I, I, I was like it. why are you even giving me this it's like this leather bound tarot set you know whoa know, that's cool the, and and it, it's not the, the the uh white whatever I can't remember the name of the, the most famous ones. It's, it's kind of a different one, so that's that's kind of cool too. Because I yeah. actually have the um Ryder Smith. I don't remember what it's called. But I have, yeah, these are kind of art art school ones. So that's kind of cool. So yeah. I'm like, I don't know why it's getting rid of it, but sure, yeah, they were correct. Oh, he's, he's getting
1: that. rid of it because you have to pass it along to someone else within 24 hours or you die.
0: Oh, okay, okay. We well, can do some tarot so, first. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was gonna say, don't hang on to that too long.
0: So you 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 kill everyone else. You psychically genocide them, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. I don't know what what is today. Today is February. <speaks in> oh, it's a tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Okay, you want to give your Valentine's Day plug? Wow, that sounds bad.
1: <laughs> what do you mean? It's just kind of shaped like a. All right. Yeah, it's heart-shaped, but you, upside down.
0: Okay, right. Yeah, of course.
1: It's got a little feet <laughs> on it where you can sort of sit in your office by yourself with it for two hours every morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, as always, I've enjoyed the discussion. Uh, my name is Andrew Shearer here in Athens, Georgia, United States. My friends and I make movies. We are called Gonzorific, G-O-N-Z o-r-i-f-f-i-c and uh, you can find us on Instagram or gonzorific.com and you can buy movies for us our current movie we have out uh, that's brand new is called Jugsaw and uh, a few of uh, a few of the, the um, it's like a mixtape so a few of the movies on there definitely, definitely would qualify as Twilight Zone like <laughs> that's one of my biggest influences is the Twilight Zone just oh, with yeah. more cleavage
0: Right. And Twilight Zone, uh, you got like 22. It's got some cleavage. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, As for this is Time Enough Podcast, we are that on Twitter. We are that on Facebook. If you want to support us on Patreon, keep the lights on. Uh, I've even been doing occasional chats here and there in different places. Um, But that's Podcastio Podcastius, where we also talk about sci-fi movies on Matt Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary. Uh the Occult Disney Podcast talking about the weird magic behind the mouse. Um, we, we do like them. We're just talking about that. And uh, most recently, they starting a run of podcasts about the 60s TV series, The Prisoner, very Twilight Zone-like, called Imprisoned in Prison, an other uh, prisoner prison cast. So if you want to hear some weird tangents of people trying to make sense out of a show they don't understand, that's a good one to, to listen to. <laughs>
1: I loved it. I loved it. You like you and Barker, are perfect for that discussion.
0: Rightio. Oh yeah, yeah. The first one is already out. So you heard that. Second one yes well, it's tomorrow for you, but it's been out for a few weeks for everyone else. So <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, Matt, it's been good talking to you today.
1: Yes. I'd like to thank Andrew for uh for um taking the time to participate in this discussion.
0: Rightio. This ritual pass. Unsure visions can conspire As the seconds touch the wire